And of course, like we talk about the runs, the runs, that's funny. But <laughs> yeah, this game gives you the runs, like horrible. <laughs> I got the runs, <laughs> the shadow runs. Oh, well. <laughs> Good day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 26 of the Genesis Gems podcast. I am one of the co-hosts, Nick Stevens, and with me is Aaron Hickman. What's up, buddy? Hey, how's it going? Pretty good. So uh, I saw where you've been traveling some. You, uh, you went to Chicago, the Windy City, almost on my side of the world map here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Chicago was a lot of fun. I got to go to Galloping Ghost Arcade again. I played a ton of Sega hits, you know, got to play some... Uh, <laughs> Uh, Congo Bongo and they had that there and I think yeah I played Star Wars Trilogy have you ever played that yes. that's a Sega one that love one's it. really good love that game uh, just and the other thing was I met up with Paul Stevenson from the other show I'm on uh, Retro Obscura and so that was the first time we met and we got to hang out there and it was fun yeah that's cool good I love that because, you know, like uh, Rob Luther and myself, we got to meet last year for the first time and met Michael Kelso. It's really neat, all this kind of community being built and then actually getting to meet someone face to face and it not being weird. I don't, Michael Kelso and I always, always tease that we're not just, uh, <laughs> we're not just creepy internet friends. <laughs> we're actually real friends. So it's, yeah, except if I show up on your doorstep tomorrow <laughs> and you're like, wait, you said you were going somewhere else. Why are you here? Yeah, and I probably wouldn't think it was that weird. Like, hey, man, come down here. Let's play some games. <laughs> All right. Cool, man. That's awesome. I brought my sleeping bag. Yeah. <laughs> as long as you don't... My bag of M&Ms. I'm <laughs> good. As long as you don't, like, stay here for four weeks or something, it wouldn't be too I know. Good. Overstay, you're welcome. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. As far as what's going on with me, man, I just turned 30. That, that's a that's a big milestone that's for big me, milestone. I guess. Yeah. yeah. So my wife did me a pretty big 30... 30th birthday bash which is pretty awesome bought me some tickets to go watch the atlanta braves play in atlanta which i've never done and i'm sure buy you any like Grecian formula or (laughs) ben gay or rogaine yeah yeah. (laughs) well she's a couple years older than me so i always have i always have that little uh edge on her about that she she hates when i bring that up (laughs) and it was real real funny um i I won't talk religion or anything but our but our church has a uh, young adults group and it's uh 18 to 30 year olds and I used to always give her and a couple of my friends a, a hard time like oh you guys want to go to young adults with me all oh, too bad you're too old <laughs> so, <laughs> so that was just kind of yeah, a... we had something like that that's funny <laughs> so you, you always get that joke but uh it was funny we, we were teasing my, my dad always teases me that uh you know, when I was a teenager he'd always look over at me and say you're gonna grow all these games one day when you get older and have a have a uh, family and have a job. You're never going to play these games. And I, I still bring it up to him. Like, hey, Dad, I'm still playing games. Matter of fact, I'm doing podcasts about them. So, I mean, it's, it's kind <laughs> when of I was a child, I acted as a child. Mm-hmm. But when I was a man, I put away childish things. <laughs> That's right. Not the case. <laughs> <laughs> still play games. That's right. That's I've, I've made some really good friends through this. So it's uh, it's pretty interesting. But, yeah, it's it was cool. Got turned 30. Got met up with some good buddies. We actually... Rented out a uh, my wife rented out a little coffee shop, through a little birthday party there, and we hooked up the uh, the Wii U and played some uh, played some games, Super Smash Brothers. I did pick Sonic, so we won't go, we'll go into that Sega bit, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, it was fun. It's fun. I'm glad my 
I'm glad I had some had a good time doing that. It's not never fun turning thirty, but other than that, I got a new job, um, same place. Oh, great. Got, got promoted up to supervisor, so that was cool. I'm pretty pretty pumped about that. So that'll be something new to start. Hopefully, it doesn't affect my uh, time into playing games. I know with any new job. Use your uh, direct reports, love sake. Uh, it'll yeah, all yeah. be okay. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Everything will go swimmingly. There. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so pretty pretty busy time in my life. Um, I, I know you and I were both pretty busy, so we didn't get a chance to record like we wanted to. But, but yeah, definitely want to try to keep us consistent. The next game will be a little easier to talk about. We'll get into that later. We we did a big vote for that, and results are in. I'll I'll announce that later. But uh, that should be a little easier to to handle. This game was a little bit a little bit longer. Uh, Shadowrun, if you open y'all... world, yeah, yeah. It takes a while. <laughs> yeah, r- r- yeah. So we'll we'll talk about that more. But um. Anyways, if you'd like to connect with us, check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash genesisgemspodcast. Uh, definitely go join our group. We are at facebook.com slash groups slash genesisgems. You can send us an email at genesisgemspodcast at gmail.com. We are on Twitter at gengems. Uh, we are also on iTunes and Stitcher. And something new that's happened uh, recently since the last time we had a podcast, we do have a new website for the Retro Junkies. If uh, anyone didn't know, the Genesis Gems is part of a podcast slash video slash anything else cool retro uh, network called the Retro Junkies. And uh, we have a new website up called theretrojunkies.com. And this is cool because we've never really been able to have a big list of our podcast. And now you can go right to that website, click podcast, and you can see, along with the Genesis Gems, all the other great retro podcasts that are on the Retro Junkies, and of, and of course, all these podcasts keep it fam- family-friendly. You know, there's there's no heavy cussing, no F-bombs here and there, so definitely go check that out. I know uh, Aaron's other podcast, Retro Obscure, is on there, and some, some other awesome ones. Uh, and something I wanted to do, Aaron, and I don't know if you'd like to uh-huh. kind of take the reins on this, is maybe yeah. for our podcast here, is to kind of just highlight one podcast or one uh, series from um, from the Retro Junkies Network. And is, is there anything... Specific you've been listening to in the, in the network, you just kind of like the uh, yeah one that kind of snuck in was the uh, Atari fifty two hundred Super Show. Mm. Uh, William Culver, he's always he he's got all sorts of podcasts, uh, and a lot of them are pre crash systems. Yeah, and it's really neat. And he'll cover you know his one of his main podcasts is the ColecoVision podcast and. You know, that system had a ton of Sega games released for it, so it's really neat to see, like, a system that had a bunch of Sega games pre-Sega Genesis. Uh, But the Atari 5200 podcast I really like because, you know, he's got a new co-host, and they've got a passion for a system that a lot of times ends up on people's, like, most hated video game console list. But there are some really good games on that system. The ultimate downfall is just that controller (laughs) because it... Didn't have a self-centering joystick. Yeah, uh, you can get one nowadays where it works just fine. Or he even had a device, so he had a, like a, a device that he bought where you could plug in a Sega Genesis controller. I thought it was the most awesome thing I'd that's ever pretty, seen. That's pretty cool. Be- and it was because like you think of like the nine-pin connectors, you could plug in a Sega Genesis controller like straight into an Atari twenty-six hundred fine and play that. But on the fifty-two hundred. It needed some sort of special adapter, and it has a box for the buttons because the 5200 kind of like the controllers are kind of like the Intellivision or the ColecoVision, and they have a bunch of numbers, and then they've got the the buttons. But yeah, that's that's kind of the podcast I wanted to highlight. 
this time around. But I also wanted to mention the fact that you designed this website, and I think it's awesome. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, had, yeah, I knew you weren't going to toot your own horn, so I had to give you kudos. <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't going to mention that unless someone else did. It's it's uh, <laughs> It was actually fun. I mentioned this on another podcast. I haven't designed a website from the ground up in quite a while. So there was a lot of uh, reminiscing, a lot of uh, painful, <laughs> a lot of painful yes, heartache I trying just to. Just re- went through that with uh, the retro obscure <laughs> website, so I know your pain. Yeah, I, 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 uh, I remember uh, we we sent it out to the uh, some of the podcast hosts, and I said, "Hey guys, check this out. See if there's anything you'd like to add." And Michael Kelso noticed that um, anytime you click the link, it would uh, just kind of overwrite the. Uh, it, it wouldn't open up in a new window. It, it would overwrite that window, so I went to change it. But then instead of changing just that one link, I changed the whole website. So I had to go through link by link, which there's a ton of links on this to fix it all. <laughs> so I thought it was an easy fix, and I forgot that I set it as a default and screwed it all up. But uh, I uh, was able to fix it. But yeah, it was it was fun to do that. We definitely had a had a good time getting that up and running. There's a there's a few little things that need fixed. Um, we have a history page isn't set up, but other than that, it's pretty much ready to go. There's podcasts, videos, articles, and speaking of articles, I actually wanted to highlight them. Um, this real quick, uh, Nick DeMarco, who has been part of the Retro Junkies Network for a long time, he doesn't have a, a lot of time to podcast, but this guy can write great articles. I know he yes. writes he writes for you all at Retro Obscura too, right? Yeah, he he definitely he he writes a few uh, articles for us on a weekly basis, and he just pumps them out, and it's always great content. So we really appreciate him. Yeah, and so if you go to the RetroJunkies dot com and just click on the articles tab. Um, there's a feature of just Nick, and it has a little bio, bio of him, and also on the side is all of his links. And uh, one of the articles I wanted to spotlight for this for the show, um, he does a, a a series called Turn of Channel Three, and I believe it's on uh, one of his local websites called Nepa Scene. I believe it's called. Yeah. Okay, and it's uh, he does he did an awesome awesome article on Golden X. Now, <laughs> for anybody that follows our network closely, you you know Nick DeMarco slash Atari Man, someone who really doesn't like the Genesis, and it's really it's, <laughs> it, it, it's really cool to see him actually admit that he likes the game. So the Golden Golden X article is fantastic. Go check that out if you uh, if you can. I'll I'll put the direct link in the uh, show notes here when we post this. But uh, yeah, definitely go check that out. Big props to Nick. I know he's uh, going through a tough time right now. His uh, dad's very ill, so we just want to say, hey, Nick, you know, thoughts and prayers out to you, buddy. So yeah, go check that out. Support Nick. Definitely. Drop him a nice nice line. I'm sure he'd appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. All right. But yeah, we're de- something I talked to him about. Actually, uh, we're gonna make a Genesis Gems uh, podcast website. And uh, he wants to start writing for that as well, so we're definitely going to let him do that. <laughs> I have it could no... be a blessing and a curse. Watch Ex- out, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I and I also told him and uh, there, there's a a gentleman named Benjamin that works at his. He also runs a little retro game store at a flea market. Uh, oh yeah. And uh, I I told both of them that they're going to have to come on the show sometime and kind of advertise that and I'd, I'd, I'd just would love to talk genesis with nick demarco to be honest so <laughs> that, that, that's gonna be a <laughs> He's, an, he, he, he keeps saying something about rusty carts how the carts <laughs> that he gets at his shop end up yeah. all rusty he's yeah. like i don't know what's up with these sega genesis games but <laughs> he's like benjamin will go and, and clean them up real good yeah <laughs> well and I, I like benjamin because he he'll message me he we chat a, a good bit and he uh he's definitely a genesis fan so i was kind of i was kind of wondering how in the world he even got Got hired in at that store for help. He's probably Nick. Probably doesn't even pay him. He probably just pays him in a you know shout outs for Genesis carts on these shows. <laughs> but, yeah. He pays him in Jeffrey dollars. Okay. Jeffrey dollars. <laughs> <laughs> That's Keep awesome. it retro. 
<laughs> so yeah, so go check that out. Uh, TheRetroJunkies.com. We're going to keep updating that site, but I'm I'm happy to say we can finally have a, a dashboard or a hub where you can see all the great content the Retro Junkies put out. So go check that out. All right, man. Well, I'm going to jump right into the next section here. This is called the Sega Snippets. Tap one, two. Sega. Now it's time for Sega Snippets. And Aaron, I uh, I saw a real cool article I posted on our uh, our uh, podcast sites and Facebook and our Facebook group. Uh, the uh, Sega 3D Classics. Uh, it was a it was a thing that was on the uh, Nintendo 3DS a while back. Yeah. They they launched like Sonic, Streets of Rage, uh, Space Harrier, Afterburner, some other games, and they just announced that they're going to be doing another uh, lineup of games. I know Gunstar Heroes is on there, Sonic yeah, Two. Yeah, I saw that. Yes, <laughs> Sonic Two, and uh, Streets of Rage Two, and I think there might have been one more. I can't remember, but uh, I finally downloaded one of these. It's something I've been wanting to do for a while. Um, I recently bought one of the new 3DS uh, systems that has like the. Uh, the the better 3D where it kind of follows your it's really neat because it has a, a sensor and anytime you move your head the 3D kind of shifts with the way your eyes are, it's really I cool I still can't I still can't see the 3D and I think it's because I have a vision problem oh. in my left eye <laughs> but I for some reason I'm still I'm still trying to like I mess with the slider and I'm just like I can't <laughs> see the effect everyone else and I was the same thing with those those stupid uh, 3D images where you know you'd see a picture and it would have, you know, an image, but it was almost like a mosaic or something. Like, you really had to stare at it to get oh, wow. the 3D effect. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. From like, the early 90s, 3D image. <laughs> like, the magic, and, uh, ma- magic Eye books or those? Yeah, I had one <laughs> up on my wall, and, man, it. I would just stare at it for, oh. like, an hour or something, and I, I could never see anything. I'd always look at it real close and just cross my eyes, and it eventually yeah. just kind of pop out. But it's funny because a, a girl that sits next to me at work, she kind of yeah. had the same problem, and she didn't know she had an eye condition. Like I, hers was pretty severe. Uh, they, I guess, her and her husband had bought a 3D t- television, and uh, you know they put the glasses on or whatever. And, and she goes, "I think this TV's broken." He's like, "Why?" He's like, "Well, I can't <laughs> see any 3D." <laughs> I guess right then they found out something was wrong, and she actually had to have surgery done last year to her eyes, um, some experimental surgery. Oh wow! Yeah, so I guess it was a lot more severe than a. You know, than they thought, but yeah, that's, that's it makes cool. me glad that the Sega VR goggles never came out. Cause, uh, <laughs> I think I wonder if people would have the same problem with those. Yeah, <laughs> but um, but yeah, I bought Streets of Rage, the first one. Uh, the, yeah. the the newer games, I don't think they haven't made it out yet. But I was really surprised at how good that was. Uh, the, Do they the, actually? Is it, is it the, the original coding? Like, what do they do to the game? I, I, I would believe so. Video, yeah, I, I didn't really research it real heavily, but. I mean, there's really when you turn the 3D off, it, it feels like you're just playing the Genesis version. But the uh, I, I don't know. I kind of compared a 3D effects to like uh, Shovel Knight. If anyone's played that on the 3DS, it's very it's not real heavy, but it's enough to kind of give it a little bit more layering. And it's really really good. It's real clear um, when when they're scrolling on the screen. It's not it's not real fuzzy or anything. I, I really really yeah. it, it just kind of brought some new life to the game. To be honest, not that I ever get bored of Streets of Rage. But it was it was just kind of surprising. Now I am kind of curious 
to see like how Sonic runs on that. I haven't played that yet, it, especially when you're going really fast. Like how how bad is that going to hurt my eyes? <laughs> is it going to be an issue? <laughs> yeah. So I'm kind of curious. That might be once I get get done finished playing Streets of Rage, I'll probably check Sonic out because it's it's just it's they've been out a while. I just I don't know why I didn't try buying them, but the, they're about six dollars. I think they run at five ninety nine. It's definitely worth it. Uh, of course, I, I own Streets of Rage and on about three or four different platforms. It's like I can just keep buying these games <laughs> over and over yeah. and over again, especially Streets of Rage 2. I own that on – I have the cart. I got it on some PC collection. I got it on Xbox 360. I got it on PS3. It's just every time it comes out, I buy it. It's kind of sad, but <laughs> – That's like me and Sonic 2. Yeah, I've got a few different ways. <laughs> it's just it's, – it's, it's, I don't know. I keep thinking, why do they keep releasing the same games, but yet I just keep buying them? And then I think to myself, that's that why they – Final Fantasy also. <laughs> and they kept keep on doing like HD re-releases, and I keep on buying them like yeah, a dummy. Yeah, well, that's why they keep making them because they know we're going to keep buying them. But, uh-huh. So, so yeah, definitely keep uh, anyone that has a 3DS, just wants some old you know, Sega Genesis games to play. Keep your eyes open for that. Go, go check out the old ones. The Some of the comments on our Facebook page, I know um, – people were talking about Afterburner, saying that was a real good port, and then uh, Out- yeah. Outrun, they said, I- I'm, now, of course we won't go into that, I'm, I'm not a huge Outrun fan, but, uh, it, 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 yeah, I shouldn't say that this early in the podcast, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, a, lot, a, lot of, a lot of racing fans seem to like that game, so go check that out. I After, enjoy it. After, yeah. Afterburner seems to be a pretty cool one, I might go check that out later, so, yeah. It, and, uh, I guess, since we're talking about, uh, Sega here. Uh, for me, I, I talked about Galloping Ghost Arcade. You know what the first game Paul and I played together was? What's that? You walk in there, you walk over to the left, and they have Sega Sonic the Hedgehog, which is like the rare Japanese arcade game. Oh, wow. Uh, did you ever know Sonic was in the arcade? I've heard about it. I've never actually went and... I've yeah, never, I've never you seen play it. Yet. There's like a machine with three trackballs, and... So that's that's how you play the game. You actually roll the trackball, and it's like a isometric perspective, and you can play as Sonic the Hedgehog or two of his companions uh, that are definitely not in any other Sonic game I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one looks a little bit like Tails, but he's got a different name. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was just funny, but the game was was pretty fun. We didn't get too far though. It was just it kind of got hard after a while. Uh, you kind of roll down a platform. You had to jump over, you know, by hitting a button. And, uh, yeah, it kind of got tricky in parts, but we had fun on that one. I also played, uh, what was it, Thunderblade, where you actually sit down, like, in a in a oh, cockpit or, yeah. like, in a, in a chair. And you have, uh, I, th- I guess it's called the yoke. And as you move the yoke, it actually moves the whole seat is awesome with the hyd- hydraulics <laughs> so that was a really cool effect and then i played uh f-zero ax which is i think that was a joint venture between nintendo and sega actually um so it was like a port of the you know the gamecube version of f-zero yeah the gx and i'm pretty sure i don't think it was namco i think it was actually sega that brought it out in japan and then they actually had the machine at galloping ghost arcade and it's over in brookfield illinois it's right it's like a suburb of Chicago almost. Yeah. But this machine was awesome. It was like the full experience, and it was an amazing game. Um, besides that, I went to a Goodwill while I was up there. Um, I also went to a ret- retro game shop, and I 
on our page. I showed everyone that <laughs> I bought a book <laughs> from there, and it was like awesome Sega Genesis Secrets Volume Four. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it was it was a fun book to look through. It was, what was funny was we were talking about 3D images earlier. That book actually has like four or five pages devoted. They're like, there's no reason why we have these. These are just for fun, and they just put random images. And I I have no idea what they are because <laughs> I just can't see it. But I did want to mention that I picked up a copy of Virtual Racing for about four bucks over at Goodwill in its case with a manual. And if we're adjusting for inflation, no, <laughs> oh no. So you know, back in like 1993 or four when it came out, it was like 99 bucks. Yeah. So I was pretty happy to get this game for like four bucks, and you know, it was really neat because suddenly Sega was competing with the Super Nintendo, and they had this special chip inside the game that made it like twice as tall. <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah like i love that game when it came out and what i've decided to do is actually make it a listener giveaway prize awesome yeah yeah maybe the next game high score contest yeah okay. how about mm-hmm. next game because for shadow run we really can't do much <laughs> of a high score no we can say how much money you earn during your playthrough of the game but uh, there, there's money cheats in the game, so I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, you can actually. There's secret codes in the game, anyways. But yeah, next time we do a game, I'll mention it again, and we can say whoever gets the high score. Awesome. Do a giveaway. Yeah, the, the next game definitely has high score elements, so we can we can do that right away. And I and I have a couple giveaways uh, stashed back, so we're definitely gonna keep giving stuff away. So keep listening. Don't turn this thing off yet. <laughs> Don't turn that dial, even though you're probably listening on an iPod or something. <laughs> I know it's so funny because I, I work part time at a radio station, and the the sports guys still say things like, um, "You know, this team's going left or right on your radio dial." <laughs> like no one's using a radio <laughs> dial anymore. <laughs> or they say like the top of the hour or something like. Oh yeah. I don't know how many people actually have a a rotary clock anymore. Yeah. <laughs> well, th- they use that terminology a lot cuz you know by by law you have to identify yourself every top of the hour. So that's kind of yeah. the the legal idea or whatever. So that's kind of kind of oh, kind of where that terminology's stuck around, but I, I see what you mean. Definitely not a uh, <laughs> rotary clock type thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um but other than the 3D classic, uh, we have another retro junk box going around. And I just got my hands on this one. This one was started by William Carver, who we talked about earlier. Um, I, I took a lot of Sega stuff out of it, um, but I'm just going to go over a couple highlights because I don't have it all sitting here in front of me. I got a pretty awesome game here, which I really like this one, and I never owned it. Uh, Lightning Force, Quest for the Dark Star. Good grief, I love this game. It's a shoot 'em up of course. Um, great game. One day Is this we'll... Thunder Force 4, right? Uh, lightning force it's the one is where it? like lightning yeah i think it's yeah, Thunder yeah. Force four and that's what it's called in uh europe and japan okay, for some okay. reason we got it over here with the misspelling <laughs> <laughs> i i don't know a whole lot about shoot 'em ups that's definitely yeah. a weaker spot on my knowledge but this game is awesome i put it in the graphics graphics are clean it's I music's mean, awesome it, the music's awesome it's fast but it's just it clean like i said it was a good time at the multi-scrolling and all the uh yeah. parallax and all that cool stuff yeah and then then i i grabbed a game that i don't actually like too well but oh I, great I, I i just like it for the uh 
<laughs> just for the nostalgia. It's like clay fighter. Best kind. Clay fighter. Oh, clay fighter. <laughs> oh man, that's it's, a love it or hate it game. Yeah, of course I was playing it with a three button Genesis controller, which is just a no no for some of these old fighting games. Oh, but <laughs> so I got that, and then the other one I got um, Genesis wise is a uh, Hardball. Now this is okay. a it's a, a game made by Accolade. Ac- right? Accolade. Yeah, exactly. So it's 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 kind of got the EA looking cartridge size. But without the big yellow tabs. But um, is yeah, this the one that had like the the huge player uh, when you step up to bat? I, I think that might have been a later hardball. This, oh, the, maybe this hardball because some of the later versions of hardball actually had the real teams and real uh, players. This one had a bunch of made up. Well, you know, you, you have like Chicago and Atlanta, but it's not real yeah. players. But uh, it's not bad. It's, it's not too bad. I, I don't like the uh, view when you're batting. At the view when your batting's behind the pitcher, kind of like the old bases loaded game on Nintendo or something. Oh yeah. But um, other than that, it's it's pretty solid. I I love 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 old baseball games. So any chance I have to oh, pick, yeah. pick up one of those, I usually do. And then uh, other than that, I I picked up some like uh, random Sega CD games and Saturn games, and I got a whole bunch of junk to put in there. It's just gonna take me a, <laughs> a it's gonna take me a good hour to pack that box back up because it is in bad shape. Like I I got it and it literally has like just tape holding the whole box together. So that's going to be an interesting time putting that back together. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, that's great. And you were mentioning baseball real quick, and I just want to say World Series Baseball 98, I think, was uh, one I played a ton of on the Sega Saturn just for that home derby mode. Yeah. And I think the one before that, too. I absolutely, like, I didn't even, I played the game, the main game a little bit, but I, I just loved home derby mode. <laughs> that's cool and i love man i love that you or knew home that. run derby i mean yeah this just shows the the wisdom of aaron i love how quick you knew that accolade made hardball i was like man that was quick <laughs> i thought maybe i'd uh you know you know it was weird you know why it was because i was listening to this show called sprite castle uh by rob o'hara he does a lot of awesome podcasts yeah, yeah. and he was talking about how there was atari and then people left Atari to go form Activision. And the whole thing was they wanted a name that came before Atari, right? You know, they wanted it to be first. Like if you looked in a phone book, <laughs> names of video game companies, they wanted it to be first. And then came Accolade, which is like ex-Activision guys. <laughs> and so, you know, it was the same thing. He was talking about nine, ninth and inches or something. Or tenth and I can't remember tenth and inches, uh, like a football game on the Commodore sixty four. Anyway, he's like Accolade comes before Activision, and he's like, and then after that, someone went and made a uh, company called Absolute. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like eventually you're gonna run out of you know space. You're not gonna have any more names to come up with, <laughs> unless you just name your company Aaron, I guess. <laughs> That's pretty good. Aaron's video game company. All right. There you go. That's perfect. Yeah, I, I never really realized that. That's some good knowledge here because all these A names, that's pretty neat. <laughs> that's cool. Um, that's just like Aardvark maybe. Aardvark. I don't know. <laughs> Armadillo. Let's make a <laughs> make a company called Aardvark Software. <laughs> oh, the other one I picked up, I just realized because I looked at my Genesis and it's up there. Um, I actually, believe it or not, didn't have a real copy of Sonic the Hedgehog 1. I had it on the six-pack. Uh, if you're familiar with that cartridge, it's a yes, compilation. Yeah. I so I, 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 there was a cartridge of Sonic the Hedgehog in there. It just said not for resale that I grabbed just because I didn't have the real one. So that was kind of cool. Now, because I, I, I had Sonic 2, I had Sonic 3. Now I have uh, Sonic 1. So I kind of got the whole cartridge collection now. Uh, I, I guess you could count the six-pack, but I 
just kind of wanted it there just for the, for that reason. <laughs> Not for resale. So did someone get arrested or? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, was that like a shady deal? You know, just under the table. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. I can't really sell this to you. But uh... I always thought that was funny because because <laughs> like you know the the pack in games. I, I had oh I had the Zelda pack in for the GameCube. Yeah, and uh, you know, it's Ocarina Times. Yeah. yeah, and I remember taking that to GameStop and getting a pretty good price for it. <laughs> the yeah, even though, even though it's like not free, so exactly because <laughs> they didn't sell it any other way, and that was yeah. always so. I and this is another aside for Sega. It's always so annoying when they'd offer a game, but you could only play it like on their Sega, like their Sega Channel service, right? Yeah, like yeah. Golden Axe Three, Mega Man, Wily Wars. Or, uh, you know, there were a few games that, like, haven't even been dumped to emulation. And so they've been lost to time because there's just no way to play them now. So it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of sad how Sega would do that. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I, I didn't get to mess around much with Sega Channel, but I had a friend down the street had that a had neighbor. it. Yeah, My it was the same goodness. way. Like, awesome. his dad uh, worked for the cable company. Oh, yeah. We made sure to stay friends with him. Yeah. Well, the, <laughs> the funny thing is, and I might have mentioned this in that show, but we we he had that. And I, I think 80% of the time we played Beavis and Butthead. I don't know why. I think it's because our parents didn't let us rent it, so I don't think they realized. Oh, yeah. Go, <laughs> go play it at a friend's house or something. Yeah. I think my mom just didn't care at that point. I think <laughs> we, we played a lot of Sega, but, uh, yeah, we, we owned that one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, that's... Nice little Sega snippet section there. So, well, with that, man, you just want to dig right into this game? Let's go for it. Hey, Aaron, game on. Game on, man. Game on! Yeah, game on! Sega! All right, Shadowrun, Sega Genesis. Uh, this game came out in 1994. It was actually, this was part of an old tabletop type game, right? I don't know a lot about that. Maybe, do you know anything about the old tabletop uh, game? It was based yeah, I know on... a little bit. Yeah, uh, Shadowrun was a tabletop, like pen and paper RPG sometime in the mid 80s. It was after Dungeons and Dragons came out, which I think came out around like 79. Uh, and yeah, Shadowrun kind of followed that formula. But <laughs> what... Shadowrun kind of combined was they're like, oh, well, let's take William Gibson's Neuromancer, okay, which was like the cyberpunk novel, one of my favorite books. And cyberpunk basically just meaning it's it's futuristic, right? Mm-hmm. And you've got a lot of like corporations and technology, and you have something called the Matrix. Or uh, I, I think William Gibson actually coined the term cyberspace. And so it's like this universe that exists inside of, of a computer, if that makes sense. It's almost like what we think of virtual reality t- today, yeah. but before they really had a good name for it back then. And then you combine that with Lord of the Rings, basically. <laughs> you know, you take the the classes from Lord of the Rings or you take, uh, you know, the elves and you take the goblins and you know these different races and humans of course and you kind of put it in a real world setting and it just works like there's some people are like no you can't combine those it's like combining star wars with (laughs) the rings or you know it just doesn't you can't do that like purists and whatever but uh it's it's fun it's a fun setting. Like I really enjoy the, the setting of this game and you know, pen and paper or the, the games that, that kind of followed in the, in the 90s and so on. 
Yeah, and I, I liked your explanation of cyberpunk because I, I think that term gets thrown around kind of loosely at times, and uh, I, I really like that. There's a few other podcasts I listen to, some IGN guys, and uh, the what, what was the guy's name you mentioned that kind of. Well, okay, so William Gibson. William Gibson. And okay. what's funny is I think you even do a run in this game, and they come up with like random names. You're like, it's like a courier run. It's like, oh, I need you to pick up my client, Nero Mancer. <laughs> so they, they give like a, a nod to William Gibson. They'll call him like Willie Gibson in the game or something. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so they, they make a, if you catch it, they'll make a mention of. William Gibson and his original cyberpunk book. Okay, okay, and I, um, I think it was like Podcast Beyond or something. One of the hosts was talking about how big of a cyberpunk fan he is, and he actually mentioned William Gibson talking about those books. So that was kind of neat to you know, put that together, especially since we were preparing for this game and listening to that. But uh, yeah, I, I don't really, I never really dig too much into pen and paper stuff. So that, that's really interesting hearing hearing that. Yeah, I got I got into it a little bit. Uh, when I was around 14 and so I had a friend who was really into it and so we tried to play a game called Werewolf yeah, and a game called Vampire and those were like the big 90s games that were pen and paper games and you'd have someone who was the equivalent of like a dungeon master and it would be the same way with Shadowrun same, same concept you know you had a set of rules you'd follow you would roll for your characters and you'd have like a stat sheet and then uh you know, they would pretty much give you the story and give give you the setting, and your characters would would interact. And you'd have instead of dungeons, you'd have corporation runs, and and kind of like in the game, like the Sega game is actually pretty close to it, what the original game is, just in video game form. You know, you, you've got all the basic concepts, uh, like you've got the Matrix. You've got these corporations you can go to, and uh, you know you, you've got these different stats you can upgrade. It's not quite the same stat system as as Dungeons and Dragons because it's made by FASA, but it's pretty similar in how things are upgraded. And um, in, in this game, you kind of get points to, and we'll talk about that. But you you get points when you level up that you can kind of distribute to different uh to different upgrades yeah yeah that's cool and, and you play a lot of modern games and you, you hear about the the dungeon and dragons type formula and all this stuff and, and not being a guy who played any of that the tabletop stuff I, yeah. I never i never quite i always had to go back and ask myself or look on the internet like well, how does that even correlate and how does that even work or like yeah. how does that even fit in <laughs> yeah and what you think about is well, the difference between a pen and paper and a actual, you know, like computer RPG, and this is kind of like a computer style RPG, is that you have a lot more storage. And so in a computer game, they can store all the maps yeah. and they can store all the stats and you can have these adventures that are stored in memory. And the difference with a pen and paper RPG is it's a, a bit more dynamic in that you know, a lot of it's up to the dungeon master how yeah. they want the, the game to proceed. Uh, and so, you know, they, they have to read the dungeon master's guide or whatever uh, to get the lore of the game. And then it's up to them to interpret it to the players as they're playing the game, basically. Yeah. And I remember I was in a abandoned high school and a couple of the guys in there played a lot of... Uh... <laughs> 
was it was, was it White Wolf? Was that was that something that was? Oh, around? Werewolf or White Wolf? Well, one of the other. Maybe oh. Werewolf. Yeah, well, and it was funny because I really got into the PC game uh, Vampire: The Masquerade. I yeah. love that game, and they would always make fun of me because they're like, "You don't even know where that came from." I mean, the, the you know, po- <laughs> you, you start hearing that word going around. Poser. Po- poser. Yeah, it was like, yeah, oh, that's good so grief. dumb. It's just like, just let me enjoy what <laughs> yeah. I want to enjoy. Like my my first exposure to D and D was playing. Uh, pool of radiance on the nes yeah and my brother was like this game's too complicated for you and, <laughs> and it was an advanced dungeons and dragons game but it was you know i enjoyed it yeah. but that was my first exposure to that name <laughs> so you know i think i inherited like my stepbrother's old D D books and so my friends and i we didn't even know how to play dungeons and dragons i was like my best friend we would just look at it and we would make stuff up <laughs> and so we'd like make a little map or something and say, oh, there's a troll over here, and there's something, you know. Yeah. We just, it, we weren't even following the rules of the game at all. <laughs> <laughs> you just make stuff up as you go. That's cool. It, it's real funny, because even after that, I remember bringing over to their house my PlayStation 2 there in high school, and I'm like, man, guys, I got this awesome game we all need to play, and it was uh, Boulder's Gate Dark Alliance, and all they were just giving me down the road. Like, you even know what a beholder is? I'm like, no, but I'm going to kill it. <laughs> I didn't it's an eyeball, that. kill it. Exactly. I'm like, I don't know. Let's, let's just kill stuff. <laughs> and they were always so particular about how they're upgrading their guy and all this stuff. I'm like, I'm just going to make this dude a brute. All attack, no, no magic. It's yeah, just going to exactly. be a tank, basically. That's, and yeah. I, I mentioned that on the last uh, Metroidvania Mayhem podcast. That's how I play those games. I, I go full on, just nothing but attack. <laughs> Lots of potions. But yeah, it was just funny that I, I had no clue what in the world those games even were. And these guys are giving me such a hard time because I, I didn't understand. I didn't know where this came from. I didn't appreciate it. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. So I was like, whatever. Yeah. It's fun. I'm going to play it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I, any Anytime I hear a game's in, influenced or, or part of an original tabletop, I always remember that memory of people making fun of me because I didn't know what all that stuff was. and uh, You know, I read I did read a lot of books in high school. I don't as much now, but I, I remember telling some guys I, I read lord of the rings and they're oh you poser <laughs> you're not reading real fantasy books like oh God. <laughs> there's always someone nerdier than you and geekier than you it's like you're not in the inner circle of geekdom so you're not cool and it's just like well maybe we need to redefine what cool is because exactly. it's not that yeah yeah <laughs> I just kind of came to the conclusion. I like what I like. You're not going to change my mind. <laughs> exactly. And I can like it how I, I want to like exactly. it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a fun off-topic tangent. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, hey, as far as memories go, um, you know, I, I played this game, of course, during my emulation stage of uh, middle school, high school. Uh, I definitely got into it a lot more then than I did this time around. I, I'll get into that a little bit later. But uh, do you remember playing this game back? Yeah, in- so uh, I, I do actually. So I would have been about nine, okay, when I played it. <laughs> it's a pretty violent game to play when you're nine. Yeah. Uh, y- you compare it to not quite GTA level, but there's some blood, and you can run around killing random people in this game. Uh, but yeah, so my older brother Gordon, I was talking to him the other day about us growing up and playing this game and he loved this game and i really enjoyed it too now back when i was nine it was kind of hard to play (laughs) it was like a simplified computer rpg in that uh so this is why i define it as a computer rpg real quick it's because there's usually a, a lot more text that you have to read so you read through some text and you're given some choices usually like dialogue choices 
and then you have different quests and whatnot. And so it was an it was a novel gameplay experience for me at the time because I think the only other RPGs I'd really played were like the Japanese style RPGs, like the Final Fantasy and the Dragon Warrior at the time. And so going from that to playing something like this, it was a totally different experience. Like you really had to kind of reshape how you play this game because it's not there's a story to this game but you can kind of go off the rails and do your own thing yeah yeah and what's funny is i think we owned this game and we borrowed the super nintendo game at the same time and i remember being so confused that like why is there a shadow run game on both systems but they're two completely different games and I didn't understand, and it was kind of like how you were. Like, I didn't get back then that it was based off this pen and paper RPG, that it's like, oh, that there's this brand called Shadowrun out there. <laughs> and <laughs> you know what I mean? And there was even a Sega CD game that I didn't know about until years later because it was a Japanese-only game. But anyways, my experience with the Genesis game, uh, especially versus like the Super Nintendo game, I always felt like the Super Nintendo game looked a little better the storyline was a little more fluid i guess yeah. you know it was a little more story driven but i enjoyed the genesis game more and i think it was just the the freedom you had in the game to kind of do what you want and if you wonder you know it's like if someone played skyrim or something now where it's like oh i can follow the main quest line or i can go you yeah, know do some yeah. Do some runs, do some shadow runs, or you know, <laughs> I I can go. My favorite thing to do in this game, especially as a kid, was just to go into the Matrix, Jack in the Matrix, and uh, go into like to when I was a kid. It just reminded me of Lawnmower Man. Basically. Oh yeah, gosh. <laughs> so you have like the yeah. So you know you have like the silver avatar type guy, and, and it's so awesome because like you boot up this game, and you see the silver avatar guy. And he uses his hands to, like, draw the Sega logo yes. with lightning bolts. It's just awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, that is cool. And uh, this game actually came around a time in my life where I was searching for games like this. I, I always remember in the, the mid to late 90s, I was really, really into Diablo. And that was really... I've talked about this in another podcast. That's kind of the game that got me into RPGs at, at, at all. Yeah. Especially since it was action-oriented. I, I kind of was... It's not that I didn't like them. I think I was just scared of the turn-based. Now that I go back and play turn-based <laughs> RPGs, I'm like, what was I missing? But yeah. um, I, I remember Google, like, you know, whatever it was back then, probably Ask Jeeves or something, games like Diablo. <laughs> and uh, I, I remember Shadowrun coming up, which is not technically all, uh, exactly like Diablo or anything, but it had that well, same... It's still like an action yeah. RPG. And it, uh, I over, would say, yeah, yeah. it's kind of similar in that you have quests and you have like a quest line that you can follow yeah and of course you, you, there, there's some <laughs> there's some of your classic clearing the cave type uh, uh, <laughs> yes. to tasks like you know getting rid of all the ghouls and that one that one warehouse or wherever it is stuff like that that just kind of made Diablo what it was to me just those fetching you know quest and fetch, fetch. Quest yeah and, stuff uh, like that yeah, escorting. Go, and... go deliver this milk. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so that that was kind of cool to know that these games kind of existed before Diablo. I always felt Diablo was that first time that that it was your first experience. Exactly, exactly. Exactly. And it, so, like, we all have our first. And for me, I 
this was one of my first, but maybe I think Pool of Radiance came right before this one. But this is the one I could really stick to, and I really appreciated it, even when I was a kid. Like, I didn't quite understand. I didn't get very far because the game <laughs> is notoriously difficult in some yeah, areas yeah. unless you know how to level up. <laughs> but it was fun just walking around and, and having, you know, different random events happen and... It was around that time where I was really into things like that and uh, Blade Runner and, you know, we had Snatcher on Sega CD. Uh, We had uh, all the stuff I probably wasn't supposed to be into at that point. (laughs) But, uh, you know, I had a fascination with the whole cyberpunk atmosphere and knowing that computers were kind of the way with the future, way with the future and being fascinated with technology at the time and then seeing movies like hackers where they, you know, like where they would show off like the latest technology and you know, and you had like the fast paced techno music and you just really, you, you got wrapped up in that world and it was fun to have experiences like that. And, and what I liked about Shadowrun on the Genesis, I guess, was that, it was a dark, mature RPG when you'd play some other role-playing games around that time. And it was always like, you get to be the hero and save the world. Save the princess, you know? Yeah, yeah. Restore, you know, the light to the darkness, you know, whatever. <laughs> Kill the main bad guy and and be the hero. In this game, it's kind of like, you just want to avenge your brother's death and... <laughs> You don't care how you do it. You just <laughs> exactly. There's no there's no karma system in this game, so you can randomly just like shoot people and pick up money if you want. <laughs> like you really, I think all there is is you can. There's some sort of like notoriety, um, but even then, like if you get picked up by Lone Star in this game, as long as your charisma's high enough, you can nine times out of ten get away with anything. Yeah. Yeah. Be like, um, hey, Chummer, I uh, forgot my, <laughs> oh, was I forgot my ID back there? And they're like, oh, okay, and then like you just beat it. <laughs> and the the like I was saying, it all happens on a, like a dialogue screen, and so this game is all more about having you read stuff a lot of times. Yeah. And then after you're done reading, then you know, uh, five guys will pop up on the screen and start shooting at you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and even when you. You know, you're first kind of on that trail of finding your brother. Like even yeah. some of these these big action scenes happen in the text. You kind of get using your imagination. It's like I think one lady ended up dying or something, and like it was all in the text. Like yeah, these people hotel, break. Yeah, these people they break, break in, in and just guns blazing, and yeah. like they shoot her, and then they turn their attention to you or something. And yeah, <laughs> and you have some like major shootouts, and this game goes fast. When you have a shootout, like you better have some body armor. And yeah. you better have, uh, like, a Predator pistol, which is, like, my favorite. Favorite of the regular weapons, just because it has a silencer. Yeah. Good grief. I, I rage quit so much in this game because I'd, yes. I'd, I'd be doing great with all these runs, getting all this money, and all of a sudden I just all these guys would come at me, and I I was just really awful. Cause you can always tell when someone's getting ready to get, get at you because, like, your guy starts walking really slow. Like, oh, crap, here we go again. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the battle... The battle system in the game, there's no like transition to it, since it's like an action RPG. Yeah. Whenever someone's on your trail, it'll slow down a little bit, 
just depending on how fast your your it's actually how fast your your speed is. Um, so if you get your agility up, it won't be quite as slow. <laughs> but what's funny is when I played this as a kid, I was I never hired a shadow runner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because you can you can hire them for one run, which I recommend you do early in the game. You get one of those guys like Ricky or something, <laughs> where they're they're really like a meat shield, basically. Exactly. Yeah. It, they don't really do much, but they're good at deflecting bullets off of you. Uh, but when I was a kid, I would pretty much just put all my money into upgrading my weapons and then upgrading my deck, you know, my cyber deck. And so it wasn't until I played this recently, like I must have marathoned this game quite a bit a couple weeks ago and i was just like oh now i've got like two other shadow runners and we're doing like these huge corp runs and it's great <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it's so funny because i watched have you seen any of the speed runs of this game online no i've not oh man like these guys are ridiculous they died a lot but it was amazing like some of their strategy <laughs> like like just to get the money to to start using the uh you know, they get the information in the beginning. They just go and sell everything they got, you know, hire someone, sell all their crap. And, yeah, uh, you can sell their stuff too. Yeah. Like, can you rehire them and yeah. sell their stuff again? Because when I first saw Speedrun, I thought, good grief, these guys must be awesome. Like, they almost avoided every battle. And it's funny because <laughs> the way I avoided battles was the same way they did. I felt like I was playing Tecmo Super Bowl because you run a little faster when you're, go- <laughs> when you're going diagonal. And I kept doing yes, that. Yes, that's he- the same thing. I do, like, the circle. <laughs> yeah. I'd run diagonal and I'd circle around the enemy, especially when you're doing those ghoul runs. Oh, gosh. But you got to do quite a few of them early on unless you just want to keep on uh, running a package from point A to point B. Yeah, I, I wish... Is there any stats on here where it tells you how much you died? Because I probably died a million times in this no, game. No, <laughs> it doesn't tell you how many times you died. If it did, man, my <laughs> my body count, just for myself, probably was in the like the 200s. Yes. <laughs> you die but, so much, and you better hope. Like, you can save anywhere in this game, but don't save where you, you're going to die. Yeah. Now, <laughs> Not I, a I'm, good idea. I'm glad you brought that up, because I was... I don't think a lot of games around this time had that feature where you could just save anywhere. Like, I, I remember saving right in front of a building where I was going to do a ghoul run. That way I could just yeah. keep, keep hitting reset as soon as I die because <laughs> I never wanted to lose that money. But I, I kept doing that over and over and over again. But, yeah, I thought it was yeah. pretty cool that you could save anywhere. So that was kinda... Yeah, it's kind of like a like I was saying, like a computer RPG. And you could tell the developer Blue Sky when they were uh, working on this game, like that was kind of their pedigree. Like they had worked on stuff like this before. And what was interesting to me was... You know, the, the walls of text that we were talking about. In earlier games, if you played a game like Wasteland or Bard's Tale, because I used to have like a computer RPG collection. When you play those games, uh, you'll, you'll get like a paragraph and then it'll say, open up page 14, paragraph C. <laughs> <laughs> and so if you wanted to get like the full story from the game, you actually had to open up a book and read it from the book. And so it was neat to me that in this game, you, you've got everything that you need to know right there. And sometimes it was like multiple pages of text. Yeah. But it was always in, it was always engaging. Uh, the characters' dialogue is always fun to read. <laughs> and they say some pretty silly things in this game. Yeah. Yeah, and, and back to your point about being easy to find where you need to go, the... Was it the was a notebook or notepad or something? In- yeah, that notepad is actually very handy in this yeah, game. Having yeah. a journal because there's some games where 
it doesn't journal anything. <laughs> and so this one, it's it does a great job. It doesn't. It's not like a newer RPG. You know, there there are some limitations to this game. There's no quest marker. There's not yeah. even a map. Like <laughs> if you play this game, uh, I had a friend. Uh, Stephen Kyer, I think, on our group page that mentioned this. He's like, he played the game and he didn't realize that there was a map on the back of the instruction manual for all the major areas. Yeah. Yeah. And, and <laughs> Which I, you, you, you want. Yeah, I, I printed out because the, the copy I bought just had the cart in the case. I actually printed out from Game FAQs the maps. And, and of course, like we talk about the runs. The runs, that's funny. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this game gives you the runs. Like, horrible. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably going to be the intro to our show. <laughs> I got the runs. <laughs> the shadow runs. Oh, wow. But uh, <laughs> it, it was nice that once you pick up the, the guy you're taking to the next objective, like, oh, crap, where am I supposed to take him? And then you can open up that little note bag oh, or whatever. Oh, crap, indeed. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love it. This is good. <laughs> Poop jokes on shadow run. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but, yeah, so that, that notepad was pretty handy. Um, of course, I had – I literally – taped those maps to my wall as I was playing this game so I can see where I was going. <laughs> Especially when you're in uh, like downtown Seattle where those different areas yeah. kind of can... Like kinda... they, they have like symbols but it's like, why couldn't you write the names of the yeah. places I'm going on the on the signs? But, you know, I understand memory limitations, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but it still didn't detract too much from the game and just how solid of a game it actually is when you think about it just that you know once you get the feel of the game it's it opens up quite a bit and you can kind of like once you figure out that okay i get enough money and now i have to go to like this greenhouse place where there's this fixer and Mm -hmm. he's only going to give me more information if i cough up some money (laughs) like that sort of thing and you kind of get to do the like the main quest line and then kind of branches off in a few different directions um it's it works like and the ways you can make money in the game are kind of diverse but ultimately i my favorite way to make money is always going into the matrix because the thing that gets to me and we could talk about this the the corp runs they're fun they're a little bit like you know metal gear (laughs) you have to sneak around a bit yeah uh, and try not to attract attention and you can hack security terminals and turn off the, the cameras and you know you can open up safes and, and grab money you know you're kind of grabbing stuff along the way from your what you're trying to pick up um, the problem is and you know this if you ever do a corp run in this game as soon as you set up set uh, set off an alarm in this game it's the most annoying oh, alarm yeah. ever and it's like it overpowers the music and all you hear is a yeah <laughs> like that would seriously that's gonna wake up your dog it's gonna wake up the neighbors <laughs> it's like i have to turn the music down in the game just so it doesn't drive me crazy yeah. everything else in the game i think the music is pretty solid but when you get to one of those corp runs and the music is you know it's moody and it, it's it sets the mood and the pace but then like you set out that alarm and you're just like how can i shut this off <laughs> Yeah, it kind of remind me of getting annoyed with like Zelda when your hearts are down to the last few, and it's like, oh my gosh, stop that! I think, there, I, I think yeah, I think there was like a uh, if anyone ever goes to that Dorkly uh, Facebook page where they put all the uh, spoof videos of video games, there's something 
with Zelda like that. And it kind of reminded me when I was playing Shadowrun, I, I really, really stunk at those uh, corp runs, and uh, that happened to me a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I just I, get stuck. Yeah, getting getting stuck on those is is pretty easy until you you have to build up some stats to do yeah. those pretty well, or have someone you get a Shadowrunner who's got good stats in that area, like uh, mag safes and lock picking, um, those sorts of stats. You always want to boost stats like that when you're doing those runs, or you're uh, you, you want to have someone who does corp runs and does like matrix stuff. And so I always, you know, I can talk about who I recommend shadow runner wise. So like the main two people I got, like I made my main character. You can pick from three different classes. You can be a samurai, you can be a gator shaman, or you can be a decker. Um, I, I'm probably like you. I just go for the tank. (laughs) <laughs> the samurai yep. yeah I, I went straight for the samurai just because he's the safe choice and then uh this time when i played the game i found out that there's a hidden character that you can unlock called stark and he's supposed to be your brother's best friend and yeah. so you go through a series of little missions and you go save him and then he's actually hireable for free uh, if you die and you have to restart or something, you know, the game will restart you somewhere. It always, when you die, you restart at a hospital. Um, and that's when you get like that little bracelet thing. Yeah. So when you restart, you lose him, but you can always go back and get him at the, uh, I guess it's the pull up barons. So he's a free guy, and he is awesome. Like, if you need another tank, he is the guy to get. Uh, he is another samurai. And then um, my second go-to person I usually get is Rihanna. And she costs quite a bit of money to get. But if you keep your two guys and you kind of just keep working the system and uh, boosting your stats. If you boost up your charisma, I think it is, you boost up one of your stats and the prices for negotiation go down. Um, And the other thing too is that I found interesting, and I was looking this up on a guide, the more you hire people for single runs and they're successful, their price actually goes down. And that's interesting. So, like, if you do, like, five runs for someone or four runs, <laughs> if you do that, if you can't outright buy them uh, and, and get their services full time, it, it'll go way down. It's it's pretty neat. So just keep that in mind if you're playing the game. Yeah, and, and just a question for you. Maybe you've noticed when you're going to all these different Johnson guys. Do yeah, you- Johnson's. Mr. Johnson's. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Johnsons and runs, but uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, there's lots of jokes there. But uh, do do most of the runs start to kind of run in together? Like I, I know I, I did a few of the same runs over and over and over. It felt like uh, yes, especially early on when you're doing runs for Gunderson. Um, he's at like the first bar you go to. Yeah. And his runs pay next to nothing, but they're to get you started in the game. Was that called the Jump House, if I remember right? Yeah, it's called yeah. the Jump House. <laughs> and uh, that's that's where you hear the music and you hear something like, Shut them out. And uh, <laughs> you're like, what does that mean? And then it was, 
this is another aside. I jumped on YouTube and someone was like, well, it literally means shadow run in German. But if you told that to someone who speaks German, they would say, well, that's not a word. No, I, I asked I asked you about that. What did you tell me? You made some, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you made some joke, didn't you? <laughs> oh, I made some. I can't even remember it now. Was, it was good, whatever it was. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to look back at our conversation. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. It was probably... Um, German for a poop joke. Yeah. Or, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, oh, yeah. I think it was like, uh, shut up now or something like that. Like, that's what I thought he was saying. Shut up now. Yeah, I can hear that. <laughs> it was always up to interpretation. Yeah. Or shut your mouth. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. Because I, <laughs> I, I played this game. The first few days I played it, I spent hours just going back and forth, back and forth. And every time I walked in there, I thought, what are they saying? So I, I sent Aaron a message. And I think that's what you told me. Shut up now. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, yeah. no. I, w- I want to know the answer. Don't tell me yeah, to shut you, up. <laughs> you want to get out of that first area as soon as you can and go over to Seattle yeah. and, and get some, you know, some better, a big, better runner. Big and, money. And I, yeah, big money, big prizes. Uh, I love it. Uh, that's what <laughs> as soon as you can, you want to get jobs from Caleb Brightmore. He's like the final runner in the game, and he's pivotal to the story also. And he's an elf. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and so to even get into his club, like the bouncer is such a jerk. You have to pay him, don't you? You have to pay him, and I think you have to have a high enough charisma. I think you have to have like charisma of five or something like that. Okay. Uh, one of your stats has to be high enough anyway. And he's like, uh, you better not stay long. You're going to scare off the, <laughs> the regular customers. Yeah. <laughs> so they're like, you got friends in high places. <laughs> but um, yeah, so th- this game works off of you going to different bars. And I want to say there's five, six bars in this game about... And uh, you can go to these bars, and there's like three or four different areas you can go to to get different runs. Um, and I will say, to answer your original question, that as you get further in the game, the runs get a lot better. The uh... <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. The uh, preparation age is in uh, short supply at the beginning of this game. But man, by the end... We got a lifetime supply and it's great. You found some Pepto on the side. <laughs> I love it. You just got a whole uh, potpourri of uh, options there. Potpourri. This is awful because I, I I just now put all that together that we could joke about this. When I was playing the game, it never clicked that I could do poop jokes, which are which are usually my favorite yes. jokes. Potpourri of jokes. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. By the time you get to some of these other guys like Mortimer Reed or. Uh, Julius Strouther. It just depends on who you go to, like their negotiation rates. Ultimately, you want to get to Caleb though, because he offers you the best prices and the most variety in jobs. Like once you get to that point, I'm telling you, uh, at the beginning of the game, it's all milk runs, you yeah, know, and, yeah. and going and killing this many ghouls. But by the time you get to Caleb, it's it's the fun stuff. It's like I want you to break into this guy's account or go into yeah it's like it's like almost like a ferris bueller's day off type thing where it's like (laughs) i want you to go into this account and give my client a raise and (laughs) give him all the pto he needs you know all the paid time (laughs) off uh and so 
you know, you hack into the the matrix, and the way that section of the game works is is interesting. Uh, it's almost like a turn-based RPG when you get there. That's the interesting part. And so it's like a first-person view. Uh, your avatar pops up, and uh, the best I can describe it is it looks a little bit like a like Fantasy Star Two almost. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and then you're greeted by some objects, and so it's usually like some sort of computer chip. And there's different types of chips that you encounter, and you know they've got different security protocols that you have to overcome. And you're equipped with different items that can help you get past them. One is like an attack item. One is like a spoof item, so you can just kind of bypass that node. And then there's like an overhead map that you go through to get to the next place. Ultimately, you want to get to like the main CPU. So that you can, uh, you know, go in there and do what I was just saying, you know, up the guy's pay or shut the whole system down or whatever. But it can be tricky because if you're not a high enough level, uh, sometimes you'll, I think that they're called a, like a black IC. Did you, did you encounter this at all? Uh, where you'd fight uh, an object and it would actually destroy one of your items and you had to go buy it again. I didn't get that far this time around. That's the worst thing in the game is, and that's why you want to have uh, some, you you know, you want to have some cash lying around basically because sometimes you're going to have to buy multiple items because it it would be like using a sword in a game and then some creature came along and just said, oh, I guess you don't need that anymore. (laughs) Just take it. (laughs) And this game, it's like, you get to that point and they've taken the especially with your your cyber deck and upgrading stuff on it uh, that can get crazy expensive yeah really like that's the most expensive stuff to get in the game and you know you get to one area where you can go to my favorite place to go in this game is the crime mall <laughs> it's just hilarious <laughs> you can go to a place and it's like a uh, it's like a guy with an overcoat and he hangs out at the crime mall and, uh, you know, it's pretty much uh, a black market and you can buy some pretty cool stuff there. That's <laughs> usually illegal, like a, a, a street sweeper, which is like a shotgun with a spread shot. Um, or, you know, you can get all sorts of SMGs, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. And, and, some of those areas are, are any of those restricted by your level or by anything like that because I, I noticed some of those early on court missions I definitely wasn't ready for I just I, I got greedy because they were like yeah here's a thousand you know dollars or whatever in the world the currency was to go <laughs> yeah. do oh sweet I'll go try that and I just I, walk in just get yeah, a blow. They get, get blown away yeah. exactly like oh my clients stuck in the um, what was it like they're, they're stuck in the correct the Hollywood correction facility and yes. I need you to, to get them out and if you're not ready for that mission, I think if you have a certain person with you or if you if you can make contacts, like some of these, uh, we didn't even talk about it, but there's three major factions in this game. You know, you've got the Halloweeners, uh, which are like the bald, creepy looking clown dudes. And then you've got like the, uh, the triads. And then you've got the Lone Star Police Force, which is which are all like orcs. And you can buy contacts from them. And so I think there's one contact that you can get from them or one of the the, sh- the uh, 
Mr. Johnson's. And they'll actually make sure you can get into the Hollywood Correctional Facility uh, without any problem. Like they pay off the cards or something. (laughs) And so I walked in there and no one laid a finger on me. It was great. That's cool. Yeah, I, I definitely kind of jumped a little too early into some of those, and it, it, again, you get frustrated. And you get you get wasted a lot in this yeah, game. You get wasted. killed really fast. I say wasted. That's that's like a GTA term. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what it makes me think of, where it's like you're surrounded by five guys in the game, and oh, yeah. you know, or like you get into an encounter, like a boss encounter, and you know you're not ready, and then it goes from the text to the screen, and you're like, pause. <laughs> I need to pause the game. <laughs> Like, did I load up on clips? Like, you're always buying, you know, more clips in this game. Yeah. And, of course, if you're in one area and you die or whatever, and then they ship you to Seattle to the hospital, and you're like, oh, I don't want to be back here yet. And it's just, I had that issue. Yeah. Was there a way around that? I, I never really, is, is there a way? Uh, a way to uh, avoid getting to the hospital. I mean, ultimately, you just wanted to make sure that you had multiple people in your party and make sure they were all filled up on uh, those stim packs, the uh, or the you know the the medical kits. Okay. Yeah. And I, you always want to have someone in your party who had the highest healing power because they'd be able to heal you faster because you've got health and stamina in this game. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was kind of referring to in the beginning of the game when you first go to Seattle, and they kind of default your, you know, your resurrection area right there in Seattle. But if you're in another area of the, of the game, oh yeah, it always sends you back yeah. there. I think at the beginning of the game, you get sent back to the hotel, yes, the yes, motel, yes. the the coffin, <laughs> for kind of the coffin motel or something. Uh, but which is also where you level up, anyway. With the hospital, yeah, it's always you always get sent back to Seattle. Okay, Doesn't matter okay. where you are. That's what. And I that kind of made me think too. When you're doing some some of these, uh, I'll just call them jobs from now on. When you're doing a job, <laughs> Mister Johnson's, uh, I don't like the ones where they send you where you have to take a taxi somewhere else to do the job <laughs> because. Why am I going to pay money and then you're going to give me, you know, you're going to give me money upon completion, but it's like I don't want to spend money to get money. Yeah. <laughs> so unless you and there's a way around that, if you go to the Lone Star police over in the Polyup Barrens and you have a high enough cred, like you can pay them and they'll actually give you uh, an orc armband. And so all the taxi cab rides are free. Oh, yeah. And there was another aspect of this game we didn't really talk about, but there's Indian tribes or Native American yes, tribes yes. in the game, yeah, and which plays heavily into the, the story because it takes place in Seattle, Washington. And so there's like uh, a Native American reservation, but there's also like elves and stuff. And so it kind of mixes all together. Yeah. In an interesting way. There's all sorts of like sorts of creatures like uh werewolves and fire walkers and all sorts of things you encounter when you go into those areas some creepy stuff in the game sometimes yeah most definitely i i I definitely enjoyed the uh, 
just the, the background of the game and, and just I don't know I like the setting uh, that's what I'm trying to say I, I definitely enjoy this setting the cyberpunk setting that matter you know and, and it's definitely not I was actually playing uh, Fallout New Vegas at the exact same time we were oh wow okay playing yeah this game so I, I like seeing the influence that you know, yeah the, just kind of the, the fetch quest you, you get lost in in a small part of a bigger picture, like just doing those runs over and over and over again. Yeah, the, the minutia. Yeah. We use my uh, big words here. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, I, and I felt the same way when I was playing Fallout. I, I love Fallout 3. I love Fallout New Vegas, some of my favorite games of all time. And I felt that way, just doing these little tiny quests in there and spending hours in these caves and just yeah, going, going over them. Yeah, doing these runs. And yeah, then, yeah. Um, you know, it's eventually it's like, oh, and, and this time I, I did get most of the way through the game. But you're finally like, oh, yeah, there is a story to this game. <laughs> I guess I can advance the plot instead of, you know, keep on putting money in, into my, my deck or, you know, buy the newest upgrade to my gun because you can get, you know, a silencer and there's all sorts of different levels. There's a noise suppressor. There's a, a gas vent. There's a, you know, there's like these special goggles, like a smart link <laughs> thing. And you can get cybernetic enhancements. So you have like Wolverine style claws. <laughs> All sorts of like really awesome stuff. So like if you get Stark in your party and he loses his gun or something, he pulls out those cybernetic claws. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, and, and to your point earlier about the you know, the story kind of being sim- simplistic, I, I think the kind of the way you get lost into the game makes that better. Because if this was a real deep story and you're only seeing storylines every you know second hour of gameplay I think that would be a little hard to keep up with and I, and I, <laughs> yeah. I, and I see that with games like uh, you know Borderlands for instance I'm a huge fan of that series the story is just sh- shallow and very I don't, I don't want to say boring but it, it's all, Diablo with guns though exactly it, and, it's ama- it and it's amazing and I love it and same thing even Skyrim I mean I know there's story there but it's not you're, you're doing you're going through caves and doing all this stuff so much that the main story itself is kind of just small in, in itself there's all kinds of little mini stories small potatoes yeah 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 i mean you're a dragon talker guy and you yeah whatever but uh, I, yes yeah. yes exactly so i kind of felt that way with this game as well i, I kind of lost track of the main story sometimes and just got focused on the small running and just just to get enough money to go talk to this guy or whatever but uh yeah that definitely i can see the influence of this game on some some games we play today uh, in kind of a interesting connection i guess uh so this i think this is blue sky software yeah. um, they also worked on starflight okay and there's an interesting connection between these two games in that it's that same sort of thing where you can kind of roam around and it's like an early sandbox type game where you can go around and make money how you want and then when you're ready to return to the normal storyline the game doesn't give you a time limit. It's not like, all right, it's time to oh, <laughs> pick cool. up the pace, you know. Yeah, I think we were actually going to be covering Starflight on this show as uh, when Josh Witt was part of the team. He really, really liked that game. So he oh was, yeah, it's a yeah, good game. He was definitely one to. No, I'm not thinking right. It was Starflight. It's yeah, it's a Genesis game. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah there's he, Starflight and there's Star Control, yeah, and those kind of get yeah. mixed up. It was EA, right? Yeah, it was okay, an EA okay, game. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That, that he he. We actually were set to play that game. We kind of <laughs> disbanded. Disbanded. I think so. you got all EA'd out after uh, my, what was it? Crew ball. There crew ball. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I still have that game. It's all right. But anyways. <laughs> um. Yeah. So that was a good conversation. Really enjoyed all that. Uh, kind of put it all into one there. Uh, 
Of course, we don't have any high score. I'm just looking over my old outline. Yeah. Uh, How much uh, yen did you collect, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not much here. I kept dying so much I couldn't get past it. Uh-huh. I think the game, it subtracts from your total when you die. I think you lose like 25% or 50% yeah. or something when you die. Yeah. Uh, but the game is beatable. There are different strategies on how to do it. I always recommend getting Stark as soon as possible. <laughs> that's what you <laughs> Once told you get me. out of the first area, that's exactly what I told you. Yeah, you uh, told me that immediately. <laughs> go look online the Stark mission, and it's really not that crazy to yeah, do. Yeah, and he will be a lifesaver in your in your game. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, before I even started it, Aaron and I were chatting about that, and he mentioned that, and he, I, you, you told me to stay away from the shaman. Was that right? Um, yeah, so there was like there was this one guy. I said no. Like there were some people where I was just like, no, this guy's garbage. Like <laughs> the, I I grabbed this guy named Petri, and uh, he's over in the Polya Barrens, and he's like a dwarven shaman type character, and uh, he's you know he's a Decker, and so what that means is they have like a cybernetic implant right into their skull. <laughs> <laughs> and so they're, you know, they're able to jack in easily, whatnot. Uh, but his stats are crap. <laughs> I mean, they're terrible for what he's, the services he's operating. Like having a skill of computer of like two, electronics three. No, you want to go for Rihanna, uh, who has like a. I'm looking here. She has like electronics of five. And computer of six, like that's that's the girl you want. <laughs> uh, so if you you know if you want someone good in your party, definitely pick her up. And there's some other choices too. And what I liked in this game is that there's a diverse cast of Shadowrunners, and it's not you know there's definitely some male and female characters. So it's really neat. You know you you've actually got like a female orc character, uh, uh, an elf. Uh, a few elves and I think even one human and you know just really diverse everyone's got their like you can talk to them and find out their storyline and their reason for becoming a shadow runner usually it was you know they got tired of working at a corporation or something and so <laughs> they, they stole all the, the company secrets and went out on their own basically yeah <laughs> yeah that's pretty cool yeah, I I definitely didn't dig into this game as much this time as I have in the past, so I don't I don't have a my my memory is kind of fading from when I played this when I was a teenager. I, I remember spending hours and hours and hours trying to get through this game. I never did beat it back then, but uh, but did you, you know, beat, did you beat it this run through? I didn't beat it this time, and I haven't beaten the game to be honest. But uh, I I think if I go back to it, I'll be able to finish it. Uh, I know Michael Kelso from yeah. Two Dudes in a Nest. You know what? This is actually one of his favorite Sega Genesis games, and he was saying he's beaten this game a few different times. I think he said he beat it with each character class, which is a, quite a feat because yeah. the Decker is not that great. I would not recommend being a Decker in this game. <laughs> uh, you you want to be a samurai? Uh, I tried being a Gator Shaman, and having a magic user is cool, but I'd rather just have a, a magic user in my party than be the magic user yeah no doubt i want to be the guy with the big guns yes yes me too yeah, yeah and it, it, i know like anytime i build a party in like knights of the old republic games like that i was always the 
<laughs> the, the main, the <laughs> main want, warrior. You be the bruiser. Yeah, yeah. I got guys behind me shooting blasters. I'm like, I don't if want. I was playing uh, Gauntlet, I, I always love being the barbarian. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yep. 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 <laughs> Yeah, very rarely do I pick another class, and usually when I do, I regret it about halfway through the game and go start something else. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I like speed, but then like you get hit once and you're dead. Yeah, I mean that's the trade-off. Yeah, playing a game like Skyrim, I tried being an archer, like kind of develop most of my yeah. skills, and I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, no, I need like the visceral, like hit a guy in the face with an axe. Yes, yes. character. <laughs> and I think, and I, and I think that's why Borderlands is, is kind of up my alley because no matter what class you pick, you're still going to just still go shooting something or you've guns, got a melee yeah. weapon. Guns, yeah. guns are blazing. Even like the sniper guy. I mean, you're still. <laughs> I think he had a sword or something. You can just run in. And, so. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's just how I play games. I, I it, it's kind of neat though because I think everyone's got their own little. Style. They got their own style yeah. and their own niche that they kind of fit into yeah, yeah. gameplay wise. And I, I like that this game gives you different play styles like you don't have to run through this game the same way and that's what gives it replay value some yeah. rpgs it's the same from front to back and you know maybe they offer a bonus dungeon to spice things up and this game you pretty much you know you, you have all sorts of different quests some that you'll never even encounter on your playthrough uh, you have all sorts of shadow runners you can try out. You know, you you have room to experiment in this game. Just make sure you save and save yeah, often. Yeah. Yes, and uh, you know, wake up and smoy the what was it? Wake up and smell the soy calf, chummer. <laughs> <laughs> I really wish I would have captured more of those quotes. I, as, I was, uh, yeah. as I was playing it, I was laughing hysterically. I just didn't. I knew chummer was always the thing I kept remembering, but. Yeah, I remember Chummer, and uh, if, if anyone gives you any lip, waste them. Or yeah, <laughs> waste them, waste them. Oh, that's awesome. So, uh, yeah, as, as far as other aspects of this game goes, uh, music, I really enjoyed yeah. the music. Uh, I, I, what, what was the the area you started off in? Was it the Barrens? The po- it wasn't the Polyup Barrens, but it was, oh, wow. uh, what was it? The main area you start out in... Uh, so Stoker's Coffin Motel and uh, what is it? It's another another Barons. I'm just trying to remember yeah. like what the uh, what the name of it is, and I don't know why I'm having a problem here, but I, I can't remember. Come either. to me. Oh, I, I know who it is. So it's um oh shoot, yeah, it's something Barons. <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna come to me like when we're. <laughs> We're off done. the show and like it's gonna be two hours later and i'm gonna call nick in the middle of the night <laughs> hey nick i remembered what it was like, oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm but, going to sleep. regardless it's uh it, it wasn't my favorite music when i first started like especially that yeah. area but once you start walking in some of those buildings I, I posted a track from one of the uh one of the bar songs or whatever it was and i loved that track i thought that music was fantastic um, there was definitely some hit, hits and misses, in my opinion, music-wise. Yes. Some of it was really good. Some of it was just, eh, you know. But I, there's a few tracks that I actually went and downloaded, you know, the, the music. Uh, and, yeah, like the Renraku Arcology area. Yes, I really like yes. the music uh, in that area where it's like, you know, everything's kind of blue in that area. <laughs> and uh, it's supposed to be like the sleek uptown part of Seattle. And you can kind of tell. And, like, the music is... It's kind of like Oriental influenced, and then you kind of get like a little bit of the main theme 
in in the song, and so it brings you back to the main theme a little bit. And main theme's really good too. I love the main theme. It's it's pretty simple, yeah. But it's almost like something you could play on guitar, and it has kind of like a muted guitar sound in parts, and then it has like the overdrive <laughs> guitar sound. Yeah. It, and uh, you were saying, yeah, like some tracks are kind of weaker, where it's like, yeah, it fits the game because it's atmospheric, but sometimes you're just like, all right, I want to get out of this area because I'm kind of getting tired of this song. <laughs> uh, it's not like playing some games where you're going to listen to the soundtrack and you're going to keep listening and, and you're going to enjoy it. Like there, there are some gen, there are a few stinkers on the soundtrack, but I, I enjoy the soundtrack overall. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. It's not like a, the most complex or advanced Genesis soundtrack. You can kind of tell it's using kind of the standard tools that they had at the time. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Did, um, Did we talk about graphics yet? No, not really. I, I mentioned just the overhead. The, yeah. So it, it's like the we didn't even mention that this this game it's a overhead perspective, and there's you know you, you walk around and when you go into combat mode you kind of have a targeting system um, and so you can target different enemies and the way the graphics look like compared to the the super nintendo version kind of had that that uh isometric perspective and you yeah. kind of had like a mouse movement where you kind of move a cursor around and this one is more hands-on and you, you, if you want to talk to someone you run into them <laughs> <laughs> uh, usually you have uh, I don't know like describe the graphics you have like a portrait in, in the corner of a screen basically and so that'll be like an image of a, of a person uh, or a place or a thing and so it'll if you give you it'll give you a pretty nice drawing of something and I would say it has a, a nice feel to it like it's kind of gritty and futuristic in that's how kind of how the graphics go some things don't look quite as good but there's an attention to detail like when you go into the corporations and you see computers on a desk and you see desk lamps uh i especially like the the matrix part of this game uh with the really fast scrolling background that kind of comes towards you uh so there are some neat effects I don't know. How did you feel about the graphics in this game? I'd say they're serviceable. <laughs> yeah, I mean, definitely not the best, not the worst. I, I did like some of the, uh, you know, when, when you're in the dialogue mode, some of the pictures. I thought they they, they look pretty good. Definitely, uh, it, it went well with the setting of the game. You kind of see, especially when you're talking to some of the other races and things like that. I, I thought they looked, they did well for what the setting was trying to achieve. Uh, yeah, and I, and I agree with so. you on the on the Matrix part. That that definitely had. Probably the most impressive with with the uh, scrolling and everything. So yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm there's right there. Like with a you. lot of animation, I would say. Like the most animation you see in this game is probably in the intro sequence. Yeah, with the second. Yeah. <laughs> That's about it. Like most of it is, you know, your guy has a pretty cool walking animation, and he looks tough. <laughs> like no no doubt about it. Uh, he, he's a tough looking dude, and. Um, you know, every character kind of looks menacing in their own way. Like, yeah. you know, someone has a cybernetic eye. or you know, <laughs> Everyone's got some sort of affectation. Some guy's got some, like, weird moles on his face. <laughs> you know? Or, like, the guy, like, when you run into a bar and you encounter an old man, and it's like the... the what was it? The, 
the stench of this yeah. guy's breath is like heaven compared to yeah. the uh, withering of his body. And some, and some guys you can't even talk to because of the way they smell or look. Is that? Yeah, yeah, those guys. It's like you don't you, you back away slowly. Yeah. Like the way this game, it's, because it uses text to describe things, it might not look as good as some other games, but it actually you fill in the gaps with your imagination, which is nice. Like you don't see any of the flying cars in this game, but you know they exist. Yeah. Because they spend time describing, like, if you die or something, like someone in a a flying helicopter or something whisked down to pick you up and take you. Uh, And, and, you know, you... I think the taxis in this game, they have to be flying taxis. I can't imagine it being any other way. Yeah. And um, as far as the setting goes, this is kind of random, but if anyone's ever played the... uh it was a fan made game called uh, Barkley Shut Up and Jam Gaiden. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the dark setting, I don't know why, but when I play that game, kind of reminds me of Shadowrun. There's something about that. It's just kind of like a. Not that Shadowrun's like post apocalyptic or anything, but it's just kind of. You know, it just it reminded me of that. But I'd, I'd, <laughs> I'd recommend that game to anybody. Barkley yeah. Shut Up and Jam Gaiden. That's uh, quite hilarious. But. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, no that that's a hilarious game. I, I also recommend that. And, and you were talking about other games. Uh, we mentioned some other games you might want to check out too if you played this one. Uh, I think it was on the iOS store. I know on the Android store, uh, someone had actually made a game, and I'm trying to remember what it was called, but it was this team where they made games on the store where they were kind of like these other games like they made one that was kind of like space hulk and they made one that was kind of like um kind of like an elite style game well they also made one that was like shadow run but they gave it its own setting but it feels like shadow run so i have to to pick it up um the other thing was there's a new shadow run game yeah right that we haven't really gotten into that had a Kickstarter that was actually successful, and I've heard that's a really solid game. It, it wasn't. It, a lot of times when people say the new Shadowrun game, they think of the one that came out on 360. Not which, the Xbox 360, yeah, which is like and, a first-person yeah. multiplayer shooter game. Which, like even the original creator Shadowrun's like, this isn't a real Shadowrun yeah, game. Yeah, it was pretty. I, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I think it may have been received well in some magazines, but it for the true Shadowrun fans, that's not that's not where you want to go. No. Yeah. Yeah, you you gotta you gotta check out this new one though, because I I think I had heard that they had some campaign in the game because they had the original writers of Shadowrun yeah. involved. That uh, there was something that tied into the story from this game, so I would definitely check it out if you can. It's kind of does the it's the isometric perspective again. Yeah, but the battles are more like uh, if you've ever played XCOM. <laughs> or even in a more simplistic way, if you've ever played something like Shining Force, where you know, like a tactical RPG type game, or Fallout, like the original Fallout's. Yeah, um, yeah, that's that, that's kind of what I thought when I saw it. That's my, that's what I think of. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, I think we've about covered this game. <laughs> Absolutely, it's a gem to me. <laughs> Well, I'll, I'll go into mine. I'm jumping ahead already. Yeah, yeah, that's all right. Because I, uh, my outline here is, <laughs> I, I didn't really do it outline. All right, before. folks, I don't see an outline. Exactly. Here, so I'm, I'm kind of winging it, but I do that every show. That, so that, I guess that, I'm that's, okay. that's what I was going to tell them. <laughs> I, I didn't really provide an outline for this one. I, 
I'm, I meant to, and we, you know, we kind of went back and forth about dates, and I, ca- I just kind of forgot the runs. Yeah, I got the got the runs. <laughs> Johnson gave me the runs. So. Oh my! But uh, yeah, I think the next segment we would go to would be the retrofitted achievements. The Channel for Slims retrofitted achievements. All right. Yeah, and I honestly didn't have very many. Um. I have I have two, which is okay. kind of a, a, a low, uh, kind of a low low for me. Um, my first one is a definite spoof, def, a definite spoof of the Matrix movie, and this one's called uh, Taking the Blue Pill, and that's just entering the Matrix. I, I believe I believe in the movie, if I'm remembering <laughs> yeah. right, taking the blue pill was to stay in the Matrix and you know not not actually realize what your reality was. So. And uh, <laughs> my next one's kind of dumb. It's just called a straight up killing spree, and that's uh, putting down five innocent people just walking around the town. So, <laughs> <laughs> so those are my two retrofitted achievements. Uh, yeah, I think mine was pretty similar. I didn't really have many, but one I think was just target practice. <laughs> <laughs> just just shoot random people and pick up uh, new yen on the ground. Yep. Uh, the other one I had, I think I posted a picture. This was before we covered the game, and I don't know if I came up with a name for it. I think it was like last man standing or something like that. <laughs> and it was a picture I posted and because I was um forgot what I was doing, but you know how in this game the the Halloweeners or, or some gang will come up to you and start messing with you. Yeah. Uh and so you you waste them and they end up on the ground and you can pick up like yen or clips or whatever. So I I killed three of them and then like three more showed up yeah (laughs) and so their bodies stay there until you you know after that point like three will disappear or they'll all disappear okay and then it'll start over but i took a picture because i was surrounded by like six of the of these halloweeners on the ground and uh yeah last man standing there you go (laughs) (laughs) that's pretty good yeah i think i said uh they picked the wrong guy to mess with (laughs) There's something so satisfying when you get the right gun in this game or you have the right team and you can just breeze through areas. It's great. Yeah, because in the beginning, it's it's almost... It's a grind. Yeah, yeah. It It really really is. is. Especially those ghoul missions. Like, I did not have any success going through Get that Predator pistol as soon as you can. That's going to save lives. Yeah. (laughs) Particularly your own. Yeah, and I was so focused in the beginning of just getting that money as fast as I could so I could get the more information. But, yeah. You definitely yeah. want to definitely want to get some better equipment before you go. So. Were those all the only achievements you had? Um, pretty much. Uh, I can't think of anything else, <laughs> unless you you know. There's the Michael Kelso achievement, which is beating oh, this game yeah. with every character. <laughs> yeah, the, well, if you can do that, we'll call that the Michael yeah, Kelso achievement. The, the, the two dudes would be impressed. Achievement. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> really snailed it. Yeah, snailed it. <laughs> All right, so let's just go right on. Is this game a gym? Is this game a Genesis gym? Is it good or is it garbage? I looked up some of the reviews on this, and it was yeah. it was received pretty well. It got a Moby, what's this thing called? I'm sorry, Moby rank of 78 out of 100, which was uh, it's pretty good. It's definitely above average. Um, I know GamePro actually gave this a four out of five. Uh, EGM gave it an eight out of ten, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, I think the 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 ratings that kind of brought it down were some things like game players, which isn't really that big of a publication. 
Um, uh, they're not around anymore. No, so that was that was in June of '94. <laughs> um, Sega16.com gave it a seven out of ten. Yeah, there's some other things like that. Um, but yeah, but that hasn't gotten like bad reviews. No, it's been no. a bad review. Yeah, not not at all. Um, as far as listeners go, we have. Uh, I have to stay a little bit more organized now that we have a group and a Facebook page. So I have <laughs> both of these pulled up. Um, Alex Burr and I got I gotta send him a big apology because we didn't read up uh, we didn't read his jokes at the Shadow Blasters. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, and he, he had a whole diatribe. I know, <laughs> and I, I I'm so sorry, Alex. Uh, but he uh, he just kind of said that he never played he's never played this. He says maybe if I play it now, my comment will be read on the air. Haha, ha, just kidding. So, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Alex. Yeah, definitely want to. Yeah, well, we sh- read this read this comment. So. Exactly. Big big shout out, Alex. If you ever want to submit like a uh, a voice uh, recording of, of your jokes, please send them in. Just keep them PG. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, next one comes from Michael Kelso. Like we mentioned, he says, "Jim, baby." Like I said on another post, I played this one repeatedly as a kid. I may be an NES dude, but my 16-bit experience was on the Genesis. Gasp! Uh, he said he beat it as all three different classes. Love this game. Um. I think we mentioned uh, Steven earlier. Steven Kyer said owned it. Yes. Uh, he, he owns it, tried it, placed it back on the shelf, laugh out loud. But I watched Aaron play a little bit on Twitch, and I'll consider it again one day. <laughs> and he's actually, uh, he has his own YouTube channel, and he's called the Retro Challenger, and he does some amazing speed runs, and he's done some speed runs of uh, Sega Genesis games. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you, you can definitely check those out. Uh, the, the only thing I recommend is not they're not family friendly uh, because he does get into the game and, and he will shout some profanities at the game in frustrating areas. Yeah. Uh, but he has some um, amazing speed runs. Yeah, so go check that out. Just make sure the kids aren't around. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Zachary Richards says it's solid. I'd say it's a good game. It's definitely more true to the original tabletop RPG of the same name than the, than the SNES version. Aaron Hickman says definite gym. <laughs> hey. Um, that, man, I, I guess I gave that away. Yeah. Oh, and big shout out to Ross Beck because he put this yes. he put this in the comments of the Shadowrun, but he put a picture of the girl from Kung Pao, which I... <laughs> and uh it's, she always made these weird noises and uh one of the one noises she made was a wee 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 and it, it's, it's showing her with a uh like a dialogue bubble with the wee u symbol twice and then just the <laughs> wee symbol which was just great and i'm so glad he understood my kung pao references so anyways i didn't mean to de- derail that uh Felix, at least someone did i know i was so excited i was so excited <laughs> to see that because i felt bad she'd never seen that movie maybe maybe uh, you'll... you know what we're gonna have to make a genesis gems outing here because I need to see that movie. Yes, yes. I love it. Uh, Felix Cruz says, it's a gem, this game. Uh, Alfredo Figueroa says, great game, a gem. Mark Allman says, good game. Too bad uh, harebrained schemes won't make physical copies in the new Shadowrun. That stinks. I guess that's a maybe a PC only. Yeah, that's that's a PC only game, I think. And yeah, it's just one of those things where a lot of games go digital distribution and it just saves them a lot of overhead. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, Michael Canoe says, this game is so B.A. He didn't actually say B.A., but I'm going to make that family friendly. <laughs> yes. Says, the the uh, SNES version is a little better, but the Genesis version is still great. Um, Blake Rowell uh, says, missing Shadowrun back in the day is definitely one of the blemishes on my retro gaming cred. I'll be interested to hear what you guys think about it. Um, and then he uh, kind of asked the group differences between Super Nintendo and Genesis and stuff like that. But uh, Blake actually was on a uh, 
<laughs> it definitely wasn't family friendly, but I got a big kick out of it. I did listen to <laughs> one one of his. Uh, he was on a podcast, and I believe it was an April Fool's one where they were talking about amiibos and other Nintendo things. Oh, okay. It was so funny. Uh, you, like I said, you guys got to check it out. Don't yeah. don't have the kids around because <laughs> it's definitely not family friendly. But um, they were just talking about the amiibo craze, and it was pretty hilarious. Uh, Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, this guy's retro games roundup says, I can never figure it out, but I was a kid when I last tried. I'll have to listen to the show and see if I should try again. Uh, Zachary Richards says, it's solid. I'd rate it as good. Out of the SNES and Genesis version, it's definitely more true to the tabletop RPG. I think he said the same thing here. As yeah. I <laughs> just now realized I think that. it was, uh, yeah, it was It was almost carbon copy, which yeah. is it's, it's true. Like, well, in the Super Nintendo version... I, I liked some of the music more, and I liked the the atmosphere that the game kind of created. And uh, what what was hard was the, the game was kind of obtuse with what you were supposed to do. And <laughs> even more than the Genesis version, uh, you know, you, you had to do things in a very specific order to progress in the game. Yeah. And so, you know, it, it was just kind of tricky. Like, you had to find certain items... And bring them to certain places, and some some places were just the combat system in the Genesis version was just better. Yeah, yeah, most definitely, <laughs> I agree. The the Sega CD version, the video I saw of it, you can watch a video of it on, on YouTube where it's kind of translated, uh, and yeah, it actually uses like a Shining Force turn based. RPG style system, so that's pretty neat. Yeah. And like with dice rolls for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Old school tabletop, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it has dice rolls. There yeah, you go. Yeah. <laughs> our, uh, our good buddy Joe Copel says, This is a great game, Borderline Gem. I need to replay it. And he says, If it wasn't for WrestleMania weekend, I'd probably play, but yeah, priorities. <laughs> hey, it's not WrestleMania weekend anymore. Uh, that's right. So, uh, that's right, Joe. I need to. Joe just launched the podcast. I need to go check that yeah. out. I've been kind of following uh, his episodes, but I haven't got a chance to really dig in and listen. So definitely go check that out. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll have to uh, provide some links to that. Since Joe's been such a big supporter of this show and other retro uh, junkies, we definitely want to give Joe some shout-outs. So uh, keep up the good work, buddy. And uh, the last one here is from Ivan Luis Alberto, and it's just good. So there you go. I think overall, it kind of kind of a tilt. great. Yeah, yeah, yeah good, good, great. Yeah. Uh, as, as for myself, I was kind of on that on that fence um, of, of good versus Jim. Um, I think just talking to you and talking it out a little bit, honestly, I think I'm definitely going to say it's a Jim, especially for the influence it has. I I'm a huge fan of these type of games, especially modern versions of it. Um, yeah. I I see the influence it probably had, as well as other games that during this time, but. It's cool to go back and play a game like this where it's not you're not totally lost all the time. I think it definitely wouldn't be a gem if you didn't have some sort of uh, clue as what you need to do next. The, the notepad and the yeah, not- having the notepad helps yeah. and kind of being able to pick up the trail of the story. <laughs> it does help because it it kind of can get tricky without like a quest marker exactly. or something. Exactly kind of holding your hand which is what most modern games do now but. yeah you definitely didn't see the quest marker very often back in these <laughs> days no, i mean there's still the i guess the equivalent of fast travel if you walk up to any kiosk yeah, yeah. uh you can travel to wherever yeah and you know and even some modern games i i try to stay away from the fast travel unless I, you just need to i really enjoy yeah and I, I, I put hundreds of hours into fallout and skyrim just just wandering around i'm i love getting those achievements to where you 
achievements or trophies where you actually unlock the whole map or whatever you want to call it. So I, I, I enjoy just kind of wandering around some of those landscapes. But, uh, yeah, this this game definitely had... <laughs> the only problem with that is that you're getting killed a lot. So I definitely try to fast travel as much as I could in this game. Yeah, <laughs> and there's, but, like, you have to pay money to get to the uh, Salish... I forgot how to pronounce it. Salish the Shade or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, those islands, you have to pay some money. You have to get a passport. But you can actually enter one of the ghoul buildings, and if you enter one of them, I think in uh, I think it's in Seattle. I'm trying to remember where it is. Uh, you, you go there, and um, you go you go inside, and a random encounter will happen, and it'll be someone who's like, "Hey, I heard you want to get to this place," and like <laughs> they'll take you there without having to uh, get a passport. It's pretty awesome. That is cool. They can cool. sneak you in. That's cool. You in the border, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, I'm gonna say it's a gem. How yeah. about you, Aaron? Uh, definitely a gem. Ever since I played it as a kid, I've always loved this game. Uh, it, it's funny. I'll sometimes I'll find people who, uh, you know, I'll say, "Oh, what what Sega games do you like?" Or you know, if you you did you play Sega growing up? And I had this one friend. I think I went to like a summer camp with. Uh, him and yeah, Shadowrun was one of his favorites, and so we would kind of share our stories. And he was so much better than me at the game at the time, <laughs> and I thought I could hang. But he's like, "No, man! Like I got these characters, and I'm doing this." I'm like, "All right, well, you're hot stuff. That's cool." <laughs> <laughs> I'm over here with my one, you know, my one guy, and I'm still in the first area, but I'm having fun. <laughs> It's definitely one of those games where it picks up after you get out of the first area. So if you can make it out of the first area, get enough money, get a better Shadow Runner that you do contracts for, and the game really starts to open up. And get a Shadow Runner early on if you can. <laughs> I recommend it. Get uh, you know, like I said before, I'll keep saying it again. Get Stark. Because he doesn't cost any money, it That's costs right. you know. There's like an initial initial down payment to to get him, but once you do, he's so worth it. Yeah, absolutely. It feels like that should be kind of the natural flow of the game, really. And it's not yeah. for some reason. Yeah, it's kind of right. like off on the side. It's like, oh, by the way, like someone mentions him. He's like, oh, well, you can find him in this area. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> so, I'm, just, I'm glad you told me. You're like, yeah, you need to go get Stark. Like, okay, you you won't <laughs> you wouldn't know. You're just like, oh, I guess it's your brother's best friend because it's like when you first go to the Seattle hospital, like there's the the nurse or something that uh, she had a, a friendly relationship with your brother, I guess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and has the hots for you, and. Um, yeah, so basically she mentions Stark and and so you can kind of rescue him and yeah. But yeah, it's definitely a gem for me. I like the the gameplay. The gameplay is where this game sells itself the most. The graphics, like I said, are serviceable. The storyline, you know, the dialogue is is quick-witted and everything's well-written. Uh of course, you know, made by an American team, so obviously English <laughs> was no problem for this team. Um, you know, it wasn't any English, I guess you'd say, uh, <laughs> like how we had in Shadow Blasters. Yeah, yeah. Everything's very literate and and well written in this game. So, yeah, definite gem for me. Uh, and I recommend people who haven't played it before or looking to give it a second try. You know, play it with a walkthrough. 
Yeah, do definitely. some of the early tips that'll get you past the initial struggle of the game, and you'll see it open up. Like the problem I had playing this game when I went back to it was I forgot how to level up, <laughs> <laughs> and so I must have gone to back to the hotel where you can level up, and I had like fifteen karma points because I didn't realize after you do a run, every time you do a run, you either get one or two or three, depending on what kind of run you're doing, how hard it is. And so it's like, why can't I make my character any better? It's like you, you think you'd go to the options or something and there's some upgrade screen. No, I mean, you got to <laughs> <laughs> you got to go to a motel to do it. Yeah, and did the instru- original instruction manual... Uh give you a hint of that or is that just yeah okay. yeah no i'm pretty sure the the instruction manual did um yeah. so so, so re- re- returns the days of when you actually need rtfm <laughs> yeah <laughs> pretty much <laughs> that's pretty cool all right so i think we can lay the gavel down and say this is a gym i think the, yeah. lis- the listeners definitely uh waited on that side i know it was kind of a in between of good versus gym and a few people definitely didn't play this game and i it was one of those games that I probably wouldn't have played if I hadn't played Diablo, and I was searching for games similar to that in that vein. So that's kind of I definitely would have missed a boat if it wasn't for a, a PC game called Diablo. But um, yeah, so that, definitely check that out if you guys get a chance uh, play it. Um, it's it's something I forgot to go over, um, <laughs> and then the original part was the the pricing, and it's kind of hard to get your hands on this. At, it's at a, pretty pricey. Yeah. yeah. So I, I ended up paying. I got the cart and the uh, case. And I think I ended up paying thirty some dollars for it, but um, it, the main listings on the uh, Genesis app we talk about uh, the cart o- the cart only is thirty five dollars, cart manual is forty six, and completes ninety. That's crazy. Uh, I, I've seen it cheaper. This is kind of an average of what's sold for on the internet. So yeah, I definitely wouldn't pay ninety dollars for this. It's uh, you can find it cheaper than that. So so good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, have fun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I I got a nice little coffee. Um, so it's definitely there. But yeah, so uh, again, keep keep checking us out on uh, Facebook. We're at facebook.com slash Genesis Gems Podcast. And if you guys are listening to this and haven't joined our group, go do that because our group has been really active. It's uh, We've got about 50-some members in there versus the 700 likes in Facebook. So it's a little bit more... Uh, a little bit more of an organic type community where we're posting more discussion. It's, it's easier to get people involved. And uh, you can go right there at facebook.com slash groups slash Genesis Gems to check that out. Uh, send us an email. We've been getting some email. Uh, really appreciate that. Uh, got, got some good good feedback about Aaron. You know, people missing Rob, but they are real happy Aaron's been here uh, you know, in his absence. So you can email us at genesisgemspodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at GenGems. We are on iTunes and Stitcher. And go to the RetroJunkies.com for uh, all the Retro Junkies network needs you might have. Check out other podcasts, videos, articles that we mentioned. And uh, and Aaron, we had a we had a poll going on. The next show is going to be a listener choice. And I already know the answer. I'm going to drop the music here. We'll, we'll make the announcement later. But uh, <laughs> we're, we're going to drop the music here let you all hear this mystery music. I'm sure everyone that's following our polls already knows. Uh, and before the, that happens, real quick, I just wanted to mention something that will change your life. <laughs> Redmond Barons. That's where you start the game. Redmond Barons. Okay. There you I, go. I knew I knew it was Barons of some sort. <laughs> <laughs> but um for listeners that want to get in on the voting, um we have a rotation. It's a it's a host pick, a random pick, and a uh, listener pick. The listener picks will actually be on a poll on the group page. It won't be on the Facebook page, so uh it's a little bit more uh dedicated to the 
people who really want to get involved with the feedback. So go out to our group page and join. You have to send a request, but we, we approve those right away. So, so for that, here's the music for the next game. Alrighty, well, um, Aaron, plug your retro Skira. Uh, I like when you when you do that. People, you oh, re- yeah. really go listen to that show. It's great. That's yeah, the whole reason I we got Aaron on this show is because it's such a good show. Go go check it out. But anyways, Aaron, Aaron's going to drop where you can find that. Yeah, so you can find uh, all of our latest content at retroobscurapodcast.com. We're also on iTunes, uh, Stitcher. We're on Facebook and, and Twitter. Uh, we're kind of down to recording a podcast a month until I can get things <laughs> back and running with Paul. But we're going to pick up the pace again. Uh, the latest thing was I I was working on something, you know, as you do, in Audacity, and I lost my whole oh, project. No. And it was right before my trip to Chicago. So uh, it's, it's just been a ma- major bummer to get this show out. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll soldier through it. Yeah. And we'll have some good content over on that show, so definitely check it out. And you know, we we love Sega on that show also, so you'll definitely hear about some Sega games from time to time. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I need to. We need to get Paul on this show too. I I, I know he joked about that on one of your all's podcast. <laughs> yeah, but he's like, why can't I be on it? I know, and I I, I really want to. He's, he's, he's like, my name is uh, <laughs> <laughs> Stevenson. <laughs> yeah, Stevenson, exactly. Well, and it's funny too because he lives in Orlando, Florida. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. I uh, my stepmom and dad actually live in Orlando, Florida, and I thought about next time I go down there to see if we'd maybe hook up one day, have a have a go out for dinner or something. So, oh yeah. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Uh, but yeah, I definitely want to get Paul on the show. He's 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 he, very much like Aaron, very humble. Uh, like I said, I, I I tend to stray away from podcasts and opinions where people just just that whole know it all syndrome oh yeah and aaron knows it all but he's very humble about it and i, <laughs> I, I appreciate that it, it, it makes it, it's easy to talk to guys like aaron and paul so um definitely uh we'll have to get him on here sometime but uh yeah genesis gems episodes 26 i think that was a a good one shadow run and uh the next time around we'll we'll be covering a much smaller game we'll put it that way <laughs> much easier to get through exactly exactly yeah. so but yeah with, with that aaron you have anything else uh no that's that's it uh you know where to find genesis gems you know just check us out on facebook and participate in our group you know our new group there's lots of cool people and new people coming in all the time and don't forget we'll have a giveaway next time absolutely so uh, with that we'll catch you guys later